0: It's just that simple. How many of you believe it's just that simple? I want us to pray about something, and then I'm going to ask you to do it. Don't do it unless you feel led by the Holy Spirit, but I am going to ask you to do it. <clears throat> I received a call from Christians United for Israel. As you know, we're involved as a church and as members, and many of you are members, and I encourage all of you to become members. You can do so on the Internet. There's no charge for a membership. But the agreement that has been agreed upon by our White House and by Iran uh, uh, hopefully, in my opinion, hopefully uh, is is going to be uh, turned down by our Senate and our Congress. But the president has already said that he will override uh, with a veto this agreement and that uh, it will – Even out of his mouth, he has said that it would be approximately five to eight years that Iran could have a nuclear weapon with this agreement. We believe that it is a tragic mistake for the Middle East, for Israel, for the United States, and for the entire world for Iran to have nuclear weapons. And we believe that we should stand as a watchman on the wall and do everything in our power to stop it. Senator Donnelly will be a key player. The Democratic senator from Indiana will be a key player in overriding the veto. He is leaning toward agreeing with the agreement because not so much the pressure from the White House, but he has stated that he has not heard that much from the constituents in the state of Indiana that they are opposed to it. Senator Donnelly, I believe, is a good man. Uh, He has, in the past, been a supporter of Israel. Senator Donnelly can be reached, and the best number to reach him, his staff, is the 317 number. They are currently in recess, 317-226-5555. I'll be in his office Monday morning with some information for him. And I encourage all of you to call that number and very politely, very maturely, very lovingly let Senator Donnelly know that you thank him for his service to Indiana, you thank him for his past standing with Israel, and that you believe that he needs to vote in favor of overturning the agreement that has been signed by our White House. And I encourage you to do that, because I believe that he is open to the state of Indiana and to the input from his constituents here. But more importantly, I want us to pray. I believe he's open to do the right thing. And I believe that in his heart, he knows this is not the right thing. And uh, and so let's pray for him right now. Father, we pray for Senator Donnelly. <clears throat> I believe he's a good man. And I believe that deep within his heart... He knows what the right thing to do is, and I pray that while many people need to respond and and share with him that they agree that there should be no agreement, that, Lord, he will do the right thing. He will do the right thing in Jesus' name. And we all said. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 60 and I want to share a couple of things with you today concerning the fact that you can always start over and that though sometimes you may feel down, you just need to get back up because the race isn't over until you stop running. But once you stop running, the race is over. And uh, I got a call from little Annabelle a few months ago, our granddaughter, excuse me. We prayed in the first service every year. Around the middle of August or 1st of September, when the season starts to change, I seem to get this allergy-type thing that, that comes and goes. And every once in a while, it'll skip a year. And every once in a while, it doesn't seem to go. It seems to come. And I am tired of that thing. How have you experienced that same thing? <clears throat> let's, take, let's take authority over that right now. Let's believe we don't have to live this way any longer. Can you say amen to that? Amen somebody between services said get some homemade uh, honey um, uh, from the honeybees in Indiana so I'm going to do that glory to God everybody that goes through what what is like they call that the doctor just says hey it's just one of those things you go through it allergy. Hey, let me see the hands of all the people you go through the. stand to your feet we're going to pray we're going to take authority over this I'm tired of sniffing every night in the middle of the night and having a raspy throat and having a voice that doesn't <clears throat> sound like it used to sound father we bind allergies in the name of Jesus. It's not part of our covenant. We speak forth healing in the name of Jesus. These bodies are perfectly and wonderfully made. And whatever it is that's caused this allergy to be in us, we just declare it null and void, and we declare it gone so that we can enjoy every season, not responding to it like this, but enjoy the season and look forward to it. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. amen. You can be seated. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to have an allergy any longer. <clears throat> Hallelujah. In the meantime, I do have a cough drop here in a second, but. Okay, if you got the book of Isaiah chapter 60, I want to paraphrase this message in just a moment, but we can always start over. Sometimes we take the wrong path. Sometimes it's because we don't know the direction we need to go in our lives. Sometimes it's because, uh, you know, we're just not sure of things. Sometimes we just go down the wrong path and we know it was the wrong path, and afterwards we come to our senses and we say, why did I do this? It's because we made a mistake. And it doesn't matter how many times we have to start over, we just have to start over. And if you get knocked down, then you get back up. Well, setting the setting the stage here, so Annabelle called me, well, actually she called me first, didn't get a hold of me, called her grandmother, I happened to be with her grandma and my wife, and, and, and she said, I got a problem, I got a problem, my car won't start, and I got to get somewhere right away, and I'm over in West Lafayette, and my car won't start. Now, how many of you know who Annabelle is? <clears throat> she total sanguine. So whatever it is, you know, she could drop a pin on the floor and there's some type of a dramatic response as she describes it. Uh, so she's always dramatic about everything. <clears throat> but finally they put me on the phone and, and she's talking about a minute and I said, wait, just be quiet, just be quiet and listen to me. Said, okay. Pop. Okay. I said, the key's in the ignition. Yes, yes, so the key's in the ignition. Okay. <laughs> Be quiet. Just listen Have you turned it on? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. It's, is the car in park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It says the car's not in park. No. Well, where's the car? It's in reverse. Well, put it in park. Put it in park. And I hear the engine start, and uh, she says, oh, you're brilliant, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I wasn't going to correct her, but <laughs> and so the car starts, and she takes off, and she had to do over again what she thought she did, but she did it wrong because she got in a hurry, and she didn't do it. Now, it's happened to her before. That's not the first time. And I've said, if you learn from your mistakes, you ought to be a lot smarter than you are right now and start in your car. I did not say that, by the way. <clears throat> Mark Hassett came up to me. After the first service when I shared this, and he said, well, it must be in the church because the same thing happened with you and Faith at McAllister's. And I'd forgotten all about it. I came out of McAllister's one day. Faith is sitting there in her car, and her car won't start. And I walked over, and she didn't have it in park. Same thing. So anyway. (laughs) What happens is we, we have to start over a lot of times. And whether it's a country starting over or whether it's people starting over, countries represent people and people represent countries, whether you want to know it or not or whether you believe that or not. And, and in America today, this nation needs to start over. We need to start over back to our original intent. We need to get back to what we were all about. We have things going on in this country to now that, that are really detrimental to our relationship with Almighty God. And and there will be judgment come on every nation of the earth. It's not going to be a question of will it come. It is going to come. But in the meantime... We can't enter into the darkness ourselves and look at all the negative things because then we too will become negative, and then we too will become part of the problem instead of part of the solution. You and I have the answer, and that is that this nation, any nation can start over, and any people can start over. If you failed, if you've missed it, get back up and move on with the things that God wants you to do. Because as the gross darkness continues, and we've been told that it will, The gross darkness and the things of the enemy will continue and get worse and worse and worse. But we have been given the victory so that we can rise up in the midst of the great darkness and we can proclaim what the Word of God has to say. I was thinking as I was praying about this message last night. There's no place I've ever been that – not spiritually, but but there's no place that I have been that in the natural realm is darker than the Sudan at night. There's something about – I don't understand it totally, but when the sun finally goes down in the Sudan, it is absolutely dark. Now, part of it is because many of the areas where we are do do not have electricity – but it is so dark, and that when we go there, we have flashlights, and we have these little things you put around your head with a little flashlight on it, and Brad has always had those and always let me borrow his. I, Brad takes the nicest stuff to the sedan. <laughs> so, I heard Brad say this one day. He's, <clears throat> he said, yeah, some, something about Bill never packs very much when he goes over there, does he? And says, no, he uses all my stuff, <laughs> and that's probably true, <laughs> But but anyway... Uh, when you when you're walking down the street over there, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, Brad. But when you have a flashlight or you have the light on, you attract other people to you because they like to see where they're going to. Now they don't always have a light, and they know where they're going. They know the terrain. But if you've got a flashlight, they're very happy to follow right along with you because they can see what you see. Well. You and I have that light, and, and we've got to be careful, and, and I'm speaking to myself too. We've got to be careful that we don't enter into the negativity of everything that's going wrong because then if you look around, you don't have to look far to find all the negative stuff. All you've got to do is read the paper, look at some of the news forecasts and say, how could we do this? What happened? Well, a lot of people were asleep, and they went down the wrong path. They, they weren't active. They weren't proactive in proclaiming the truth binding, loosing and telling people the truth. <clears throat> I had a situation we're going to get into Isaiah here in just a second but just recently where uh the, a word came to me that a person was getting ready to do something and I told my wife I said, oh, "Honey, that they shouldn't do that. That that's wrong. Not, not only is it wrong in the common sense, it's it's wrong spiritually. Uh it's wrong scripturally." And she said, "Well, if you don't like it, you better do something about it because they're getting ready to." And I said, "Well, I think I may call and tell them. And, uh, she, and Pam responded, well, if you think that's the Holy Spirit, do it. And so I, I went off and prayed, and I said, God, now I'll do whatever you tell me to do. But, you know, people are free to make their own decisions. How many of you believe there's a difference between somebody telling you what you have to do and somebody telling you what God is telling them that you should do? Does that make sense? Uh, and uh, And so I prayed about it. And I felt like the Lord said, you better tell him. So I sent him a text. And and in the text, I said, this thing you're about to do is bad. And that if you do it, I'll still love you. And I'll still have a relationship with you. But you're making a mistake. And God is telling me to tell you not to do it. And here's the scripture for what I'm saying to you. And uh, that was it. Hour later, got a text back. Thank you. For loving me so much, I'm not going to do it. And it was a tremendous lesson to me as to being bold to insert myself through the leading of the Holy Spirit into somebody else's life and telling them, this is what God's saying, you do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to tell you I'm the delivery boy for what God is telling you that you should be doing. And if you don't want to accept it, that's okay. I believe God wants to anoint all of us for that. Manny, we've had some opportunities like that also. And I just thank God that every Sunday when I look up, I see Manny now in church. Let's give Manny a hand. I just love Manny Rodriguez. Sometimes in love with a confident voice of spiritual maturity you need to invade other people's turf but it isn't something that all of us want to do it's something that a lot of times we try to hold back i wish people had invaded my space years ago it took me it didn't take me 38 years i was 38 years old before i came to the lord And no one in that 38 years of my life had ever told me I needed Jesus. 38 years went by, and nobody ever told me that I was going the wrong direction. Now, they shouldn't have had to have told me because I knew I was going the wrong direction. But it would have helped if somebody had gotten in my face like that little secretary that I had did one day and said, you need to have lunch with this man because he can help you. And he led me to Jesus. Now, let's all say, this is not a bad confession. The world... That's really weak. The world, the world is getting dark, is getting and it's going to get much darker. It's get much darker. Tell, your, tell your neighbor there's no hope for the world. The world is going to get darker and darker and darker. It's going to crash. It's going to burn. But the body of Christ is different. We are called to go into the world and rescue people out of the world so that they can have a new beginning with the Lord. And in Isaiah chapter 26, excuse me, chapter 60, it says, now this, this scripture is Old Covenant, but it's also messianic, futuristic about Jesus. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now we're talking now about an anointing of the Holy Spirit. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles, those that are lost, shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come. you. Now, what's that talking about? That's talking about an anointing of God that will come upon ordinary men and women from the Holy Spirit. And that when you are being led by the Holy Spirit, the power of God comes upon you. And that when we reach out to people, it is as if Jesus were reaching out to those people. And some of you have heard this story before, but Pastor Stanley, I'm I'm hoping, is working on a book. We've encouraged him to start writing, and, and his life is an absolute book about what God has done for his life. But Pastor Stanley over in the Dreamland Children's Home in South Sudan, who is doing an awesome, amazing work over there, was an alcoholic. And Pastor Stanley uh, was an alcoholic, and yea, when the war was going on, he decided to go up to Cairo and try to get an education and went up uh, into into Cairo. And, And in Cairo, he intersected one day at a street corner with a lady by the name of Rella Shippen. Rella Shipman was under assignment from God through Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Victory Bible Institute to start a Bible school in Cairo. And when she saw Stanley, Stanley was drawn to her, and she was drawn to Stanley. And she said to him, you need to come to my Bible school. He went. She invaded his space. He went. He gave his heart to the Lord. He went to Bible school for two years, and after that two-year period, He heard God say, I want you to go back to the Sudan, and I want you to minister to your people. His life changed and turned around totally. Everything that Stanley had been through turned to compassion for people in his life. That anointing, that light that comes upon people, it's just from the Holy Spirit that changes you in your eyes. How many of you know what I'm talking about when you're around people like that that are walking with God? You can see it in their eyes. It's an anointing that comes from God, and it dispels darkness. Now, darkness may want to flee from you But you will dispel darkness if you let that anointing fall upon you. The darkness, you may say, well, yeah, I know some people I'm around, and they're in darkness. And any time I'm around them, they take off the other direction. I understand that. Uh, Pam's uh, Uncle Gene used to be like that. Pam's Uncle Gene... Wherever we would be around her Uncle Gene, he would flee and go the other direction. And she used to say, let's go up to Michigan City and pray for Uncle Gene. And I thought, that's a waste of time and gas to go up there because i walk into one room and he'll go into the other. And sure enough, every time it happened, it happened. This went on for a couple of years when we were first married. Her Uncle Gene, Gene Alber, had been a principal of a four, it was either 4A or 5A, top-level top school up there in Michigan City, Rogers, at that particular time. And, and he had fallen to alcoholism. He had lost his job. He had been fired from his job. He would lost his family, lost his everything, and was living in his car. <clears throat> and we were then, by this time, we were in Tulsa. And we get a call one night in the middle of the night. It's Uncle Gene. And he wants to know, can I come and live with you and go through the treatment center at the City of Faith? I learned a lesson. The seeds of light that we planted in that man's life, when it looked like it was doing nothing to the darkness, were st- they were there. They were planted within them, and they will not return void. And he finally responded to that. He went from living in his car starting over again in Tulsa by having God open the door for him to go to Victory Bible Institute and dig ditches for minimum wage to build the new school, Victory Christian School. Now, this this particular example may not apply to you, but there's something like this that will be going on in your life, either past, present, or even future. And Gene would come home after going through the treatment center, and he was living with us by now, And he would mumble and he'd grumble. And Gene Albert is living proof that you can mumble and grumble and still be blessed by God. Because he would mumble and grumble. I'm making minimum wage. I don't have any money. I'm going down the tubes. My daughter is graduating from high school. And she's going to Indiana University. And I don't know what to do. Folks, when we read Isaiah 60, that's talking about the supernatural. That's talking about what God is going to do by his supernatural holy spirit, not what you and I can figure out. As a matter of fact, God doesn't need you to figure out anything for him because he's a lot smarter than you. So this may be the only time you can ever do this. Just turn to that person next to you and tell him, "God is a lot smarter than you." And then you might turn back and say, "You're very smart, but God is a lot smarter than you." He knows exactly what he wants you to do and to become. And so Gene would come home, and I can still picture it. He would mumble, and he would grumble, and he would say, this does not make any sense to me. And I would say, Gene, are you doing what you believe God told you to do? Yes, I believe I'm doing what God told me to do. He would get to the point when he would look at me like, I know what he was thinking. I'm tired of hearing you say that. I am tired of hearing you say it. And he would do it. One day after doing this for almost six months to a year, he came home. He was so excited. He said, you're not going to believe this. He said, my daughter just got a full ride scholarship to Indiana University, paying all of her expenses, all of her books, all of her room and board. And she is now, fast forwarding almost 15 years, she is now a doctor in Michigan City, Indiana, doing extremely, extremely well teaching nursing. And Gene Albert knows it's because he dug the ditch and started over and did what God told him to do for minimum wage that his daughter got that full ride scholarship. Because he planted the seed of what he thought so that she could be everything that God wanted her to be. And I say that to you today. It doesn't matter what you've been through. God knows what it is, and he'll turn it around. And you may think, well, I could never make enough money to pay off my debt. God can pay off your debt very quickly. Well, I'll never be able to restore the relationship. God will give you new relationships that are far better than anything you ever had in the past. God will take care of all of those things if you will move forward with what God's shown you to do. There is an anointing that God wants on his people. I believe with all of my heart that there is a problem in this nation. But I believe that, there, that the majority of this nation are God-fearing, conservative people who want to live at peace with all people, but want to live what the gospel says and want to be what God wants them to be. And that the devil is doing everything he can to fight us. But yet, as we continue to approach the end times, sooner or later the body of Christ is going to have to rise up and say, you know what, we need to start over. We need to come back to the basics that we had. Well, it's easy for us to say we need to come back to the original intent of our nation, which we do. We also, as a body of Christ, need to come back to the original intent of the Bible. What did the Bible say we were supposed to be like? And when I, when I called this person about this thing they were getting ready to do, I am very reluctant to intrude in people's lives one on one because I believe everybody should be led by the Holy Spirit themselves but that would be foolish to think everybody is capable of doing that because you know people will walk off the edge of a cliff too a little child will run out in front of a car and you don't say well the child should have known better no you're going to grab the child and in the first service Larry Campbell was in here and I, I remember this story well how Larry started his life over when he first came to this church and he came because he Wanted to see what I was up to. Larry knew me from high school, and Larry couldn't believe I was pastor in the church. So he came in here, and I said, "Larry, I remember when he first came." And I said, "Larry, what are you doing?" He said, "I wanted to see what you were up to because I couldn't believe you're pastor in the church." And he was here for one Sunday, and then I never saw him again. And uh, and I heard somebody say, well, "I don't, I didn't like the way the church went. I didn't like, and I don't like women preachers because Pam was up here with me during that particular time." And and uh, so I didn't think anything more about it. I thought, oh, what the heck? And, I, and, then, and then I felt like the Lord told me, call Larry Campbell and tell him he needs to go back into church. And so I called Larry Campbell. I said, Larry, this is a word from the Lord. I don't care what you do, but I'm telling you what God told me to do. You need to be in church, and you need to be there right away. Click hung up. Didn't even talk to him. That was the total conversation. I'd forgotten about it. Two weeks later, Larry Campbell sitting here on a Sunday with his wife. I said, Larry, what are you doing here? And he said, you told me to come. (laughs) I thought, okay, is it that easy? He'd been here. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary. He started his life over, and I watched him change. He has some physical challenges from time to time, but he didn't have a spiritual challenge because he's pressing into the things of God to become everything that God's called him to be. And if we'll do that, God will take what the enemy meant for harm, and he'll use it for good. So we don't ever want to get our eyes on the darkness. The darkness is going to intensify. As a matter of fact, let's say it again. The darkness it's going to intensify. But the good news is that the light of Jesus will intensify and rise on everyone who will submit to it. There are people that Manny Rodriguez can reach, that I will never be able to be around them because they're not coming to church. But Manny knows who they are, and Manny knows where they are. And everywhere that Manny goes, they're probably trying to shut Manny up, but everywhere that Manny goes, that light that is upon him, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is there, so that everything that he's ever been through that was negative, God flips that around, turns it for good, and now through the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, how many of you got a testimony to share? And when you share that testimony... And when you let the power of the Holy Spirit flow through you, then people are going to flee into the darkness or they're going to receive what you have. But this is the good news. How many of you got some people that, that you've done some of this and they've gotten away from you and they're not receiving anything? But the good news is they cannot stop what you said. That is the seed that went in them and it will eventually produce after its own kind. They cannot outrun the Word of God. But in the meantime... If we will yield to the Holy Spirit, God is going to give us wisdom to be able to impart to people. He's going to give us boldness. And a lot of people don't understand boldness. Boldness is not screaming or being loud or being belligerent. Boldness is merely being extremely confident in what you're about to say and do is what God told you to say and do. And how someone processes it. Is that right? Processes that Is irrelevant to you. You are merely a messenger from Almighty God. Can you say amen to that? Now let's stand to our feet. I want to pray for you, but also I want to share this with you. As we continue in these days, every once in a while, we all miss it. You miss it, I miss it. We make mistakes. The devil would love to get that darkness on us where you're never going to mount anything, you always do that, or whatever. That's when we repent, we get right back up, Micah 7, 8, Though I fall, I shall arise. I'm not going to stay down i'm going to get back up again well you didn't do it right that's right but next time i'm going to do it right next time i'm going to do better because god is going to show me but even though i missed it and even though i fell down i'm going to get back up and god's going to anoint me again because he wants to use me he wants to use me to help other people come out of darkness come out of debt come out of all the junk that the world has there and that when you get into this flow, it's a flow that is exciting. It's like, okay, who's God have me to share with today? I'm, I'm going to a restaurant. I'm going to a mall. I'm going down the street. I'm going to my neighbor's house. Somewhere that I go, that I, I know that your eyes shine, the, your light has come. I know it's on me. I know it's in me. And I know I'm capable of doing whatever God tells me to do or he would never tell me to do it. And then every day is a new day of excitement. There is nothing more exciting than seeing somebody's life change because you yielded and became a conduit for Almighty God to flow through and touch somebody's life. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question that you will ever answer.